Welcome to the first Intuition podcast. To celebrate National Apprenticeship Week, on this show, myself and Dave catch up with some of our recently qualified or studying apprentices. We celebrate their success and hear the stories they share with us regarding their apprenticeship study. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register with the link I've put in the show notes. Well, good evening, everybody. We are live on the Student Forum. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you for downloading. My name is Ben Borman, and I'm joined this evening by my colleague and good friend, Dave Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. How are you today? Really, really good. As we are recording this, we are halfway through National Apprenticeship Week. I know you have been involved in some forums, particularly speaking to employers. I was lucky enough to join one yesterday. I thought it went really, really well. I've been speaking to some potential apprentices. I did a a virtual event for some local schools last night, 26 local schools logging in, speaking about what it's like to be an accountant, how you get into accountancy, the different study routes between going to university or joining post-GCSE or A-level. So really enjoying National Apprenticeship Week and something that I know you've been noticing as well as I have, lots and lots of talk online about apprentice stories, seeing real faces of apprentices with regards to their roots in and why they have used the apprenticeship scheme to study and gain their qualification. How are you finding the week? Uh, yeah, uh, it's day three of National Apprenticeship Week, and this is my, my third big Zoom meeting with, uh, with with kind of people that are connected to apprenticeships, whether apprentices themselves or, or employers of apprenticeships. Uh, and I, I, I wanted to start my um, a, a campaign that you heard me talk about yesterday, Ben, um, where I, I would like us to be campaigning central government, whoever deals with their marketing, can they please, whenever they do anything to do with apprenticeships, can they please put away hard hats and high-vis jackets? Because that's all I seem to see on government-sponsored uh, marketing surrounding apprenticeships and uh, you know, uh, if we think about all the apprentices we deal with then I don't see any of them coming into class wearing a hard hat and I've been to visit some of them in the workplace and they're not sitting there at their desk with a high-vis jacket on um, and I think it's quite an old-fashioned assumption that if you're an apprentice then you're going to be on a building site somewhere because there are so many different types of apprentices out there. And there's the finance apprentices we deal with, but there's also apprentices in healthcare, there's apprentices in the legal services, there's apprentices in IT, there's you know apprentices in, in things like personal training. You know, and you know, I think just to lazily put a stock image of someone with a hard hat on and say be an apprentice and it does a disservice to, to all of the amazing apprentices that are out there so that, that's my campaign for the week but probably the most exciting thing today uh, that, that's happening this week Ben is I spent today this morning at the seaside in Southend um, which was really really nice looking at um, venues so that we can start running some courses in Southend from September. So it, it was quite exciting to be looking at various different places and, um, and you know, what they would be like, how they'd be configured to run our classes. Unfortunately, I couldn't get anything on the pier. So we're going to have to go away from the sea. Um, but yeah, quite exciting looking at kind of a, a new location to be running courses, especially after the last two years of lockdowns and working from home and stuff like that. So yeah, really exciting moment for me. 
I'm, I'm lucky that I've taught in a number of the FI centres, but I've never taught in one with a sea view or the ability to quickly walk down to the beach on your, your break time. So that would be fantastic. Try and get it near a donut stand or a candy glass shop. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, or there's, um, if anyone knows Southend, there's the the um, Rossi's Ice Cream Parlour, which is where, where I'll probably try and station myself as close, uh, as close to as possible. So we've mentioned this is National Apprenticeship Week. Something I've picked up, and I got this a lot in the employer session, Dave, that you chaired yesterday, was a need for employers to make apprenticeships culturally accepted within their organisation. I do a lot, as you do, as First Intuition do, to break down some of the myths. I've seen lots of things on social media this week about trying to remove some of the myths and misconceptions about apprenticeships. And one of the things I really took away from your employer session yesterday was the encouragement for people to not be embarrassed to call themselves apprentices. It is no surprise we love accounting apprenticeships. Myself and Dave love accounting. But the accountancy apprenticeships at level three, four and seven were the first three that the government passed when they converted to the new standardization system for apprenticeships a few years back. There are loads and loads and loads of people studying accountancy through the apprenticeship scheme. And so this evening we have got three and potentially a fourth one joining us at some point during the forum tonight of our apprentices, either current ones or ones that have finished relatively recently but studied using the apprenticeship scheme to come and share firsthand their experiences of getting a first intuition apprenticeship place and then working through the qualification under the apprenticeship scheme model. So I'm going to introduce our guest this evening. Um, I'll come to Charlie first. Good evening, Charlie. How are you? Good evening. Not too bad yourself? Yeah, really, really good, my friend. Thank you. Um, for the, the benefit of the podcast listeners, Charlie is looking incredibly smart. I think he must have just made it in from work to, to jump on the call. But Charlie, I don't know if you wanted to give the listeners a bit of a background to you, where you work and, and what you've done so far with your apprenticeship study. Yeah, so in terms of um, my apprenticeships, I started in level three um, within the, um, the employment with at the moment uh, through AAT. And then after finishing that, I moved on to level four and I'm now at the um, level seven stage. Um, and interestingly, my employer is um, in the public sector and I actually went to school um, where I'm working now. So my old um, German class, classroom is my actual um, finance um, office. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So I, Ben, we normally ask kind of like for intros like your superhero origin story and all i'm thinking there ben is this is like the the star quarterback coming back to coach the high school football team you know after having a glittering career in the nfl that's that's what i'm imagining i'm imagining, it's probably like that charlie is it it is yes i've actually taught um, badminton to to the students in the high school so yeah it's very much like that but yes, I'm a management accountant and I also line manage three apprentice, apprentices, sorry. Um, and basically I've like told them about my journey and I'm helping them go through the same sort of thing, really. Fantastic. That's something that Dave definitely mentioned on the employer session 
the great apprenticeship schemes that we've got, but the power of having apprentices that mentor and buddy with each other. So yeah. lovely to hear that you're actually now helping other members of your team slightly beneath you with regards to the standard structure of apprenticeships, but explaining very much from a, a perspective of, look, I know what you're doing because I was doing that a, a year or so ago. And I think there's big power in that. So well done, Charlie. Is, is that something you enjoy? Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly, um, I failed quite a few exams in my time. So at level three, I was called second time Charlie because I'd always go into the paper and get a feel for what it could bring. And then second time round, I'd smash it. And at level four, I failed three. And at ACCA, I failed two. And I've got to part qualification. So it hasn't been a smooth ride. But my biggest thing really is to, to not give up and to persevere with it. Resilience was a skill that was mentioned on the employer session yesterday as well. And that sounds like you've taken a lot of resilience to pick yourself up, to get back in there, to go again. Yeah. But you are making progress and you are moving forward. We'll hear more from Charlie in a moment, but I'm going to move to our next guest this evening and say hello to Becky. Good evening, Becky. Good evening, Ben. How are you? I'm really, really good, Becky. How's your week going so far? Not too bad. Quite busy as usual. <laughs> You mentioned as we came on air tonight that you'd been doing some balance sheet reconciliations, yeah, which is music, music to my ears. You can't <laughs> beat a good reconciliation. <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about your study journey so far and your job role. Yeah, yeah, of course. So when I first started, I joined as a school leaver in 2018 and I started on the joint level two and three apprenticeship scheme with AAT. Um, it was just a few exams from level two and the majority were from level three. Um, I work as a financial accounts apprentice for Mediterranean Shipping Company in Ipswich and I've been there ever since I started my journey. Um, at the minute I am currently studying ACCA so yeah I've just started that after qualifying AAT in November last year. Fantastic so a another one similar to Charlie who we've heard from that's gone through the level three level yeah. four and now you're on to level seven Dave I don't know if there's anything you want to add to that but I think that makes us fairly unique in the space of apprenticeships that there is that structure through well I, I think I think it's something that a lot of people miss out on is that, and, and this is the, you know I think even if you ignored the the word apprenticeship and just and just looked at anyone that's kind of going through that that accountancy training you, you've got a qualification in something like ACCA, which is at, at a level seven. And level seven is a UK master's degree. And I think the, the amazing thing is that you can you can start a job role as a school leaver and you can get a qualification that is that's more academically rigorous than you would get if you went to university and did a degree. Which I, I, you know, I just think that that is phenomenal. And, and I think that you know, every, you know, things that Charlie was saying about resilience and things that Charlie was saying about mentoring, I think you can apply that regardless of whether you're an apprentice or not. So I know that a lot of people listening will be, you know, oh, but I'm not an apprentice. So what a lot of the things that we talk about are really, really relevant, apprenticeship or non-apprenticeship. Um, and the thing that I, I, I like from, from both Charlie and Becky so far, and I know we're, we're going to hear from other, other apprentices in a minute, is that Charlie works at a, a school, which is a not-for-profit organisation. And um, Becky, I'm assuming... The Mediterranean Shipping Company aim to make a profit. But again, we're, we're talking to people that are working in completely different industries um, that, you know, they're not 
in a, a, in a, it's not all about working in accountancy practice. You can you know, get these qualifications and have these kind of careers and, and, and achieve at that level in any sphere, in any kind of industry. It, it, it's, you know, you're not pigeonholed into going to one place in order to, to, to get to become a chartered accountant or certified accountant. So I'm going to move on to our third guest for this evening and say hello to Rebecca. Good evening, Rebecca. Good evening. I don't know, Rebecca, if you wanted to share a bit about your experiences and, and what you've done. You're, you're qualified now, aren't you? So congratulations. Yeah, as of July last year, I got my ACCA qualification. Um, I have been working in practice for just over five years. Uh, and I did my AAT level three and four with first intuition and then moved on to my level seven as well. Brilliant. So another person that's progressed through the various levels, which we see all of the time. And I think it's fantastic message to give to people. But interestingly, you're working in a slightly different role that you're a, a practice accountant. So you deal with multiple clients in different business sectors and different industries. Yeah, so I have a portfolio of around 80 clients that I look after. Um, so many different types of businesses and you have to have that sort of ability to put on your different caps as to what you're looking at each time. Brilliant. Well, we're going to hear from each of you this evening, but the first thing I was going to ask you is your entry into the world of accounting. So regular listeners to the podcast will have heard mine and Dave's stories how we almost fell into the world of accountancy. It wasn't something at school or college that we had really looked at. I was speaking last night, again, another National Apprenticeship Week event to a group of sixth form students about potential routes into accountancy. I'd be really interested to hear from each of you. So I'll come to Charlie first. How did you get into accounting to start with? Was it something that you'd wanted to do from school or was it something that just seemed to fall into place for you? The latter, yes. Um, I actually went to sixth form and studied um, public services because my ideal career at the beginning was to go into the military. But I ended up working in admin at the NHS. So that's where I secured my first apprenticeship. I was then offered a position as an admin apprentice, uh, as an admin assistant but I took a gamble and decided to do an apprenticeship in finance there. And I was there six months and then I, I got um, asked to join um, the trust where I'm at today. And, and ever since then, I've just worked my way up to, to, to a management accountant. So yeah, it basically, I don't, I don't think I wanted to go into finance when I left school, but I'm here now and I'm loving it. What about you, Becky? Was accountancy a passion from a young age? For me, it was mainly maths and business studies that I enjoyed at GCSE. And then i done my work experience in a bank and I really enjoyed that. I then thought I want to go to sixth form and see what options there were there and decided to take accounting as one of my A-levels. And that was when I realised that accounting was definitely the career I wanted to go into. So, yeah, since then, just decided that after sixth form, I'd go straight into the apprenticeship. Brilliant. Yeah. Business study something we see lots of our apprentices having done previously. Quite rare these days to actually do accounting at A-level, though, Becky, yeah. because I know lots of colleges that don't actually run an accounting A-level anymore. So well done for finding a college that, that ran that course. There was only three of us in our class. <laughs> <laughs> nice lot of one-to-one -one tuition then. Excellent. Yeah. What, 
What about you, Rebecca? How did you become an accountant to start with? Well, my mum wanted me to be an accountant from a very young age because she's a finance director. But if anything, that probably pushed me the opposite way. Um, I thought she thinks I'm going to be good at this and maybe maybe I don't want to do it. And I, I don't, I'm not going to listen to mum. So I was adamant I was going to go to university. Um, I went through the whole process of applying. I wanted to do economics and maths. Um, I got into university and then about a month before I had a bit of a breakdown um where I suddenly thought why am I why am I going to get in all of this debt for what I couldn't figure out was my end goal um past the qualification so um I panicked I turned to my parents and said I don't know what to do and they said well take a year and figure it out so I had a gap year where I worked in a farm shop which is where I'd been a Saturday girl for the last two years prior And uh, they sort of didn't need me, but the lady was keen to keep me on. So I got put in the office um, and the lady in the office kind of took me under her wing, mentored me. I started using different account software, started bookkeeping, lots of different roles in in that office. And uh, she made a call for me one day to what is my now boss to say, have you got any uh, roles going? And um, he said, yes, get her to send the CV in. Um, so I did, went to the interview and got it. And that that was how I fell into accountancy. Brilliant. Really interesting to hear the three stories there and reassuring because some of the things you've mentioned were definitely messages I was giving to that group of sixth form students yesterday. So, Rebecca, you mentioned working in the farm shop and I tried to encourage them to reflect on experiences they've had dealing with the public dealing with responsibility. Um, Becky, you mentioned doing work experience in a bank, which I guess gave you those experiences as well. Being able to deal with money, even if that's just doing some some pretty basic sums. I know you did and loved maths at school, but a big message I was given yesterday is you need to be good at figures, but you don't have to have done maths A-level, for example. Charlie, really interested in your potential route into the military, which never came off. But I would imagine a lot of those problem solving or teamwork exercises that would have been there are similar things that have actually helped you in your your role and your apprenticeship. Yeah, I did work on Saturdays at B&M whilst at sixth form. So that's where I really gained the customer service and side of things and skills. Brilliant. Um, when 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 I'm recruiting... It, it, it's those kind of things that really differentiate between between candidates because you know you, you will occasionally get a CV that is straight A's and, and you know Charlie Becky Rebecca you might have a straight A CV and in which case you're probably going to have an edge over most people but the reality is the majority of people don't have a straight A CV and they're going to have grades that are you know below A's you've got B's C's D's whatever and, and you get lots and lots of CVs that look like that and, and you know as as long as you know, you've got the the academic ability, as I see it, to actually to actually you know be successful. Which, you know, as, as Ben said, it's not A level maths. It's you know it's GCSE level maths that you need. And as long as you've shown me that you've you know that you've worked towards your qualifications, then I'm looking. What else do you bring? And the, and the, the thing I, I I love it when people have got work experience because it tells me that. You know, if you work in the shop, it tells me you, you can speak to the public. You can hold a conversation. 
I'm happy that I could put you in front of a client if I know that you've actually been able to put up with people arguing with you at the till that the goods aren't the way that they should be or you charge them too much or the price on the shelf or something different so I'm always looking for that and as you know the other thing I'm always looking for Ben is you know if you haven't done work experience like that have you played sport or performed or something like that because that tells me something about the level of self-confidence that you have if you've got those kind of that, that kind of background so it is national apprenticeship week all three of you have done your professional qualifications under the umbrella of the apprenticeship scheme. I'd be interested to hear what attracted you to apprenticeships and how you feel doing it under an apprenticeship has, has helped. So maybe I'll go in reverse order this time and come to Rebecca first. Rebecca, what do you think doing the study as an apprentice added to your experience and your progression? I think doing the apprenticeship was kind of the only way for me um being able to like learn practically and learn in theory was the only reason I'm going to say that I did as well as I did with my exams um I learned from school that the higher levels of A levels or GCSEs I got were always the subjects where I was doing something not just learning and then writing it down so for me having that balance of my work and then coming in and being able to put in practice what I was learning and then see applying it both ways. It, it was it was my success really was on that. Very much a vocation, isn't it? You, you can learn accounting from a textbook, but nothing beats then going back to the office, to your desk and actually doing it to experience. Oh, I see it from a completely different perspective now. I'm actually doing it. Really, really good to hear that, Rebecca. What about you, Becky? What about the apprenticeship scheme particularly helped you or got you interested in it? I think for me, very similar to Rebecca, in terms of being able to study the functions of a finance role whilst also learning that role and doing the qualification at the same time was definitely the best option for someone who wanted to pursue a career in accounting. And I think for me, being able to learn on the job and taking that knowledge I'm learning from the material on the course applying it to my actual work definitely helped me progress to where I am now really because I think having that option to learn what you're doing from in class it gives you the opportunity to progress more and develop your skills and behaviours. And, and I hope you've been supported by your training provider First Intuition the, the great team of tutors we work with but I think equally from the apprenticeship side, you've learned from your colleagues and people at work yeah. as well. And so actually there's that double element of learning, which I think is, is underestimated sometimes. Definitely. We can teach students the syllabus of AAT or ACCA or SEMA to become qualified, but you do as much learning when you're actually back on the job role as you do in the classroom with FI. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? What about apprenticeships? For you, do you like? I'd say the same, really. Like, you can learn the skill um, while studying, but you don't really learn to apply it unless you're given the opportunity from your employer. So I feel like that's that's very important. Um, you know, being given the chance to show your skills, express your qualities. And, you know, if, a, if an apprentice is given that chance, then they can show the employer what they can do and it will help them in the future gain confidence and become a valued member of the team. And that's certainly what's happened with me. And we think about skills as technical skills. So you will do modules on tax or budgeting or financial reporting. 
but also in the apprenticeship, there are the, the mandated impact skills, we call them at first intuition. So, so Charlie, presumably you've had the chance to uh, FI do some presentations or some teamwork exercises. Have they been useful taking back to your, your day job? Yeah, I must admit, presentations aren't really my, my go-to thing. I'm not, I'm not great at them, but uh, everyone says you've got 10 bad presentations and this is my 10th. So hopefully it's not too bad, but... Yes, certainly the um, skills days with first intuition, um, the leadership one and the presentation has helped me massively with, with nerves and gaining the confidence to talk to an audience. Nothing to be worried about there, Charlie. Your, your communication skills are spot on and you are presenting yourself fantastically. Thank you. <laughs> so, Rebecca, you mentioned thinking and signing up, actually for university and then having that slight oh is this really going to be the thing I want to do the best way to go do you regret pulling back and actually then going and getting a job do you regret missing out on the university life and experience no so all my friends went to university so I thought if I was gonna feel like I was missing out it was definitely as they all went off and I was the only person left kind of local um but no, I was happy that I was still learning. Um, I definitely knew that even, even though university wasn't going to be for me, that I wanted to be still learning. Um, but um, no, I, I, I prefer the way that I have gone about my apprenticeship, like, like I was saying, with the practical and then the academic side of it as well. Um, but no, I still made friends with people at first intuition. So it's not like I lost out on a social aspect. I've obviously got all of these work colleagues that I've now known and being paid wasn't a bad thing either other than being in debt for three years. Lots of messages that I was hearing on workshop sessions yesterday. Um, we're not here to dissuade people from going to university and there is still a very credible route into accounting going to university but some of the things I was telling students who were looking at that route yesterday was don't presume just because you've gone to uni you won't then come out of uni and be signed up as an apprentice because most of our employers now their postgraduate training programs still utilize the level seven apprenticeship that, that you guys are on and Rebecca you've completed so even having gone to uni you would have probably still been in a similar class with with colleagues doing the level seven apprenticeship anyway yeah, we, we have an apprentice at, um, at work actually who's been to university and is now studying at level seven so he's um, taken that route Clearly, the, the social aspect of university is something not to be underestimated, the chance to make new friends, to experience different parts of the country. But I'm delighted, Rebecca, on your reflection of, well, I've actually had social interactions with classmates at FI and colleagues at work. Charlie, I don't know if, if you've found that the classes are quite um, good for making friends and yeah. actually very welcoming as a, a classroom. Yeah, for sure. And the lunch times, once you make friends, you can go out and grab a bite to eat. And you always seem to still be talking about finance, um, even when you're relaxing. But yeah, gaining friends and listening to people's um, experiences is um, valuable in itself, really. That's lovely to hear and something I'm incredibly proud of, proud of achievements, but also proud of the culture and the atmosphere that we try to develop at First Intuition. So that, that's really lovely. 
moving on then, Becky, I haven't spoken to you for a while. Be interested to hear about your best experiences under the apprenticeship scheme. Is there something that stands out as a, a brilliant thing that you've, you've done or experienced whilst being an apprentice? I'd say there are a couple of things, really. Like Charlie said, being able to make friends who are, who are going on the same journey as you and being able to talk to them about anything you're worried about, um, being able to talk to them if you're stuck on a question and they, you can just get a little bit of advice from them. And it's nice to contact them outside of class as well and see how they're doing. So making friends was definitely something that I'm really happy about in terms of my apprenticeship. And also, I, I think the skills days definitely helped me especially with confidence. I wasn't a very confident person before, but in terms of the different skills days that I attended at level three and level four, they definitely helped progress me at work and to where I am now, really. So just, just so listeners who have not experienced the skills they're aware, they are different to the more traditional classroom learning yeah. where you're doing more collaboration work with, with other apprentices in, in groups. Is, is there anything particular that, that stands out, a, a memorable skills day or a session that you've, you've been on? They seem too long ago now because of COVID, but I remember when we were in class once and we had to go into different groups, um, just interacting with other people that you probably wouldn't normally interact with in class because they give you different groups uh, different times being able to do a presentation with them and you kind of feel worried that you don't really know them too well but then once you once you realize you're all in the same boat it's just it's just a good experience in the end and and I love to see everybody sharing out the tasks and everybody steps up and does a little yeah. bit and really pulls together they are fantastic days Charlie if I can come to you is there any particular experience that you would like to reflect on as being a highlight of your apprenticeship so far? I'd probably say failing um, exams actually um, it's weird because it's actually worked as an advantage to me uh, whereby it's given me the, the skills to to learn resilience and not to give up because when you fail a paper you often question yourself and think is this career for me am I set out to do this that's really when you need to stick together with it and really get through it. And then the following day, start again. I agree. I failed a few exams at level four and I definitely thought, oh, no, I'm never going to complete this. But then second time yeah. round, I managed to pass them. And you just have to keep going, really. And you know that you can do it. It's just a case of that little bit more revision or a little bit more practice in the exam layout. And then, you know, you can get there. Yeah. It's something certainly myself and Dave have talked on number of, of previous podcast episodes about failure and how, although yes, at the time, it's not a great experience, it can actually be a source of reflection and development and something that you can really build on. I'd be interested to hear from either of you about the role that your apprenticeship skills coach might have played in that. Is, is there any particular view on them supporting you through the fail and the reset model? Massively, yes. I'd say the revision to the study plan um, has been great because it's happened four times or, or three or four times now. So um, Caitlin's always taken the time to uh, redo my study planner and listen to me almost like be disappointed in myself, but then providing me with the support to not give up. And um, yeah, uh, she's been really helpful. Excellent. Rebecca, if I can come to you and just think about your experiences, any particular highlights standing out in your previous apprenticeship journey? I mean, passing was pretty high. <laughs> that final result coming in was probably the, the highest moment of, um, I mean, it feels like 
quite a long time when you think about the fact that you've sat GCSEs, A-levels, then I did AAT for two years, three years of ACCA, of which two of my ACCA years were in lockdown. So remote exams, uh, remote learning. So to, to actually have to like think about each step and just trying to get a bit further and a bit further it felt like a very it felt like a very long time in places but to finally reach that end point and to pass and just to be like ah, that's done it was an amazing feeling something I know that Dave mentioned yesterday on his employer forum was that the celebration of success the exams are blinking hard guys aren't they and, and when you failed them, you appreciate that. But when you've passed them, you appreciate that so much more. Dave, I don't know if you've got any any views on reflection on success of apprenticeships and, and trying to promote the good news. Yeah, I, th I think, first of all, I, I think that, you know, what, what Charlie said is is really important. Um, I, I think that, you know, we, we I've got a, a, a much documented um, history of failing exams that I've, I've talked about quite openly uh, about exams that I've been unsuccessful with in the past and you know now 15 years later you look back and you realize the exams you failed were probably the most important exams you took because they changed the way that you then prepared for the next exams and I think what what Charlie you said that you had help with your skills coach with in terms of rescheduling your study plan I think that's something that you know whenever we face a setback sometimes we need to sit down and we need to say well this is what my plan was but my plan has now got to adjust I've still got the same overall objective that I want to achieve but I'm going to achieve it a little bit later and I'm going to achieve it in a different way and I think learning and adapting is something that and you know if anyone has you know had the time to kind of go back through a back catalog where I talk about it it was it, it it, you know, the, the big exam I failed was right at the end of my degree at university. And it took me six months to come to terms with the fact that I'd failed that exam and I had to make some kind of change and do something differently. So from the, for you to say that you got the exam and the next day you were like, right, what am I going to do differently? Yeah. That shows me that you've got a, a level of maturity that university didn't give me, you know, because university taught me to do things in a certain way that you've got the ability to, to be able to switch on and, and, and do it instantly. And having that support network around you is, you know, if anyone has been to university, it's very much you do the exams, you pass, you fail. There isn't any, you know, after exam care. It's you move on or you're on your own. And you very much get, get left on your own. It's, it's far more difficult when you don't have that support around you. But as Ben said, I, I think celebrating your success is really important and, and I think that you know it, it, it's no small thing to complete an apprenticeship at level two at level three at level four at level seven and I think very often you know we, we kind of get the certificate put it in a drawer and forget about it and I, I do think it's really worth celebrating and I, and I know that employers do and it's something that we're, we're really keen to do I think that you know everyone that I've that, that I've taught over the last kind of 15 years you know, that uh, they all deserve a massive pat on the back, massive congratulations for achieving the exams that they have. Um, but Ben, I, I do want to kind of draw to your attention. We have got a, another one of our amazing graduates from, from last year um, on the call. So um, I, I'd like to introduce you, Ben, to, to Ella Soane. So um, hi, Ella. Everyone. Sorry, I'm late to the party. 
<laughs> that's absolutely fine. I think we knew that you had, you had prior and um, that kind of prior engagement. So we're really, really super happy for you to join us. Um, we have got three other kind of fellow alumni from the class of 2021, as I think we're going to call them, um, in Charlie, Becky and Rebecca. But we, they've all given like a little brief introduction about who they are and kind of their background. So don't you want to give us a kind of a brief introduction as to who you are, Ella? Yep, so my name's obviously Ella Stone. I did AAT at college. Um, I did A-level, not A-level, I did AAT level three fast track um, during the day. It's like I had um, a block of days and then I did level four in the evening. And then I went on to do an apprenticeship for level seven to do my ICAW, so ACA. Um, it took me a long time because obviously delays with covid etc things like that but then I've got there in the end and then I've got a level seven apprenticeship as well as ACA qualified. Excellent and you work in practice that's right isn't it Ella? I do yeah. Are you still in practice now because I know you did move after you qualified? My, my plan is to stay into practice for a while and get um, my RI so basically you can do sign off audits and things like that so that's where I'm getting the next on the list. So that is music to Ben's ears because he's our resident audit fan um, and he never <laughs> Never, never, never kind of passes up an opportunity to, to to beat the drum for the auditing profession. So I imagine you're very pleased with that, Ben. Absolutely. Music to my ears. Well done, Ella. And good luck getting that RI status. For those of you that don't know, that means Ella would be the signatory responsible for those all important audit reports. So that would be a fantastic achievement. That is the top of the game in audit. So good luck in getting that. RI status. Always the worst of all the games in accountancy then. <laughs> well, we, we won't have that debate on air this evening, Dave. So Ella, we've been talking to the other um, apprentices on the call with regards to their experiences. I yeah. don't know if you'd maybe like to reflect on something that stands out, something you particularly enjoyed or you particularly took inspiration from on your apprenticeship programme. Yep. So I would say the skills days I really enjoyed. I feel like they really helped me develop like different skills like communication, teamwork, things I actually do use day to day. It seems when you're in the classroom, you don't feel like you are. But when you actually look back and reflect on it, you do use it day to day, like calling clients, things like that. Like I always would struggle doing that. Now I feel like more confident in myself to pick up the phone to any client. I'd find it easier to ring them or to see them than I would to email. It's just quicker. It's more efficient, things like that, which is what I learned. I also quite liked the portfolio days, which helped me do my uh, report for the end of the level seven, just because it was a good way to get it done. And like there was all the support around me, which I quite enjoyed as well, which was quite nice. So, so this is sometimes an awkward question that I receive, and I'm sure Dave's had it from potential apprentices. Yep. There's more work involved. It's not just passing the technical exams. You're ACA qualified. The other guys here have been doing or have completed, in Rebecca's case, ACCA. But you mentioned a portfolio. I don't know if you wanted to just explain that a bit more and just reassure people if they're considering an apprenticeship. Yeah. But although, yes, it is more work, it is manageable and structured within the programme. Yeah, definitely. So um, at the near the end of your apprentice, you do like a portfolio, which is like a big report. Um, you get various questions from the ICAW, um, which they change each year. And you basically have to explain how you've developed and you've achieved these um, object objectives. Um, it was it was quite a lot of backwards and forwards, although I took um, 
quite a lot of portfolio days where I'd go into first intuition and there'd be the support there to basically help you get through it and there was a lot of um obviously when COVID happened it was a lot of um like web calls and things like that but everyone was always there at first intuition to be able to get you through it and then I think I definitely passed I can't remember in the 80s I think I might have got so that was a really good result but it is more work but it's worth it because you've got obviously the apprentice qualification as well I'd be interested to hear Rebecca's views on that because obviously Rebecca you've had to submit a level seven apprenticeship portfolio and and the the final written statement piece How, how did you find that alongside the exams I'd actually say that I really enjoyed it because it kind of felt like I was learning a different skill. Um, it's kind of also gives like, you the opportunity to sit and reflect on um, on everything that you've done. Um, you sort of obviously map out all of these skills that you've used and uh, you've applied in your job. And it is that that chance to sit and have a look and actually see all of the work that you've done that isn't just an exam result that comes through after months and months of work you actually have this document where you can look at everything else that you've achieved on top of that by by definition an apprenticeship has to be done in conjunction with a job role that meets the requirements of that particular apprenticeship standard so that throws up the issue of i'm doing technical exams and we've already talked about how tough those exams are i'm also doing a full-time job role alongside this. I'd be interested to know from each of you, and maybe I'll come to Charlie first, how you found the balance there between study. And I know under the apprenticeship scheme, you get given your 20% time that has to be recorded, but how did you find the balance? And, and how do you see that with your, your colleagues? You mentioned you were now mentoring some people in the team as well. Yeah, I've been quite fortunate in terms of the balance, whereby my employer has um, studied within the accountancy area too. So they asked me to put together a, a program and then they basically honor what, what days I'd like off um, um, to study when closer to the exam. And, and this is something I um, also do for the people I line manage. So I give them the same opportunities I've had and, and balance the work whilst they're out of the office. What about you, Becky? How do you find the balance between the, the commitments you've got at college and also the commitments you've got in the office? I think for me, in terms of having a manager who was able to support me in every step that I went through and being able to have regular discussions with them about how I was getting on, what course I was doing, and then being able to link what I was doing at work to the course that I was currently studying made everything more relevant and made it seem a little bit less scary in the sense that I've got exams to study for, but I'm also working a nine to five. It was kind of like mixed in together so I was able to just study and learn at the same time really and like Charlie said I, I also got a day off every day every time before an exam I got one day off before to revise and I think that was definitely a big help to my, to my preparation for exams really as well to be able to have that separate study time and reflect on what you're doing. Dave I'm going to come to you because I'm really reassured to hear both of those responses it mirrors exactly what was being said yesterday by you and colleagues on the employer forum. Both Charlie and Becky have both talked about their line manager being aware of the commitments, the study dates, the exams coming up. I don't know if you've got any anything to add to that. Yeah, it's, it's for for an apprenticeship to work, you you have to have 
engagement from three people. So you, you've got to have an apprentice that's willing to learn and wants to progress. And, and so if you're going into an apprenticeship and you, and you think, well, actually, I don't want any professional promotion. I don't want to learn. Don't be an apprentice. That's not for you. Um, you need to have engagement from whoever your provider is. The provider's got to be interested in you and your development. If they're not, that relationship isn't going to work. But the most important one is that line manager, because the line manager is the person that's seeing you most often you know, I, I might see you kind of once a fortnight or for a block of five days, once a month, something like that. But that line manager sees you every day. And that line manager, if they're engaged with your program and they're there to support you, that's where they give you the room to be able to study. You know, sometimes the room, the room to fail, the room you know, to give you a task where you get it wrong the first time. That you learn from that and, and that's that's just really really important and if you don't have that support that's when we always find that we have problems with apprenticeships and that's when and being honest then you, you and i you know have made the decision sometimes to not work with certain employers because they don't give that kind of support you know and they're, they're prepared to say oh let's sign someone up as an apprentice and, and get them on the apprenticeship scheme and then let's leave the provider to it and that's that that won't work. You know, you've got to have that kind of support from alumni. So I, I love the fact that you both mentioned it. And it's something that is so important to make sure these things work properly. So coming back to Ella and Rebecca, but I'll come to Ella first. You've obviously now completed your apprenticeship. Um, are you missing it? Are you missing the study, the coming to college? I'm not sure anyone misses the exams themselves. Um, I feel like my answer is going to be no. <laughs> I miss the tutors I do I actually Ian in particular he will always be up there with one of the best tutors I think he always in your when you're in the exam you think what would Ian do he was a really good teacher I feel like he really like helped me through it um other than that I mean I missed the social side of it obviously I've met friends and things as, along the way but the overall work I don't miss I don't miss exams <laughs> what about you Rebecca how are you now finding it that you've got not the distraction of the, the study away from the, the office. Yeah, so I think it was quite strange to start with, to be honest, after having learned for however many years of my life. It kind of felt a little bit empty, I must admit, afterwards where I was a bit lost. It was like, what do I do now? Is that is that it? But no, I've been able to focus probably more now with that time that I'm not using to learn uh, or you know go to college I'm now using that to to develop in different places in my job and you know deal with all of the clients that I'm able to which I wouldn't be able to manage with an apprenticeship on the side so no I do I did very much enjoy it but uh, it's just moved on now and sit back and admire the certificate that's framed and going to be hanging up in the office yeah exactly um, we're coming towards the end of proceedings and we always, always are up against the clock on these sessions. But I'm just going to come round to each of you individually and ask one further question before we do a wrap up for tonight. I mentioned I was speaking to um, sixth form students, myself and Dave regularly go into the induction sessions for the new apprentices. If we invited, and I think it would be lovely if we could invite some alumni back to speak to the, the next generation of apprentices at their induction. But Charlie, if I come to you first, if you were giving advice to someone starting on their accountancy study journey today, what would be the one thing you would advise them? Oh, that's a tough one. There's so there's so many, really. Um, um, I'd probably say plan out um, your, initial, your initial um program and where you, you'd like to be in five years but then don't be afraid to adjust 
because that plan is likely to change along the way. Um, yeah, so ha having having some like structure to what you're doing, and then really like um, applying it and, and seeing where you end up. And and those study planners that all of our apprentices have do that. They've got a nice roadmap, and you've already talked about. Caitlin, who's actually in the audience tonight, I can see her um, having to adjust it from time to time when things don't quite go to plan. But having a plan is the important thing. That's the starting point, really. And then you can then go from there and learn the skills along the way. Exactly. Becky, if I come to you, if you were speaking to our new intake of apprentices, is there one thing that you would want to tell them? I would say definitely just take the leap and go for it because you won't regret it. And it's definitely an experience that will help you in any career you go into, really. Even if you don't decide to carry on in finance, it will definitely help you in the future. And also don't be put off by failing exams there. You might at the time think, oh, no, everything's over. Everything is going to just not happen the way you wanted it to. Sometimes that happens and just go with the flow. You will get there in the end. And yeah, don't be put off by failing an exam or two because I, I admit I did. I failed an exam by 1% and I was like, no, that's that 1% more. I could have passed it. I don't want to do it again. And then I just thought, no, I can do this. And then that's when you realise that, yeah, you will get there in the end. Exams are scary. They are stressful. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in to get your accountancy qualification. It is exam-based learning. Not all apprenticeships are. Other industry sectors are much more on portfolio submissions and coursework, but the world of accountancy is ruled by exams. And so dealing with those exams and the resilience to come back from failing exam actually is a very important life skill. So thank you, Becky. Uh, Rebecca, any words of wisdom from you? I would say questions are key. As much question practice as you can handle or fit in, and getting them to people that can provide you with any kind of advice or input as to what you could have done different, what went well, what didn't. That was, for me, the only thing that used to stick in my brain was sat in an exam hall going, I did a question like this. I've had advice on how to answer this question. I can do this. Rebecca, it is painful when you're there and the deadlines of the course exam and the end of revision exam and coming back in for the question day, but they really, really do work. Exactly what you said on the day of the exam, you're thinking, oh, I'm a bit more prepared now because I've seen or I remember my tutor saying, if you get that kind of question, this is where you start or this is how you structure it. So, yeah, I would echo that. I know it's hard, but those extra few questions can make a really, really big difference. So thank you for your advice there. Ella, sorry, I've come to you last. I always feel bad for the person I come to last because we've had three great suggestions. Is there anything else you could add or anything you would want to say to our, our next generation of apprentices signing up? Yeah, I would just say be very committed to it. It is going to, it is long. It's well worth it. Um, it's a definitely worth it but I'd also say like get as much as support as you can like I had a study buddy and we went from day one together and I'm so grateful that I had someone there to be able to go backwards and forwards together I was probably dragging him down because he's more intelligent than I was but we got there together we both passed all first time so I was really grateful so yeah any support from teachers friends colleagues even family members if you want to go and say can you read my revision notes and go backwards and forwards that way is really helpful I definitely would recommend doing it. 
Excellent. Commitment was a word you used, and that's a word we use a lot in apprenticeships because when you initially sign up, there is a formal commitment statement that is signed. And I think commitment comes back to Dave's three parties, commitment from you guys, the apprentices. It's not easy. You're going to have to do work. You're going to have to put yourself outside of your comfort zone from time to time. But that's how we learn and that's how we develop. But equally, that commitment will be matched by first intuition or your training provider with the support that you talked about there. And also your employer. Your employer is committing to give you the time to give you the, the reflective space and the experiences at work that really develop the, the technical skills that you're learning in the classroom. Dave, I have thoroughly enjoyed tonight's session. I think these four apprentices or graduated apprentices now have done us proud. Really great to celebrate success. Ella and Rebecca, you've got your certificates now so you can look back with those with pride. Rebecca, Charlie, I know you've got your level three and level four, but you're now up to the level seven standard. Charlie, also, we should just mention you won a rather prestigious award a year or so ago, didn't you? I did indeed, yes. I won the um, PQ uh, Accountancy Apprentice of the Year and I got to go to London rather than being remote, which was, um, which was quite nice. Yes. Fantastic. Not to downplay that, that's a very big national award that lots of people will have been nominated for in the world of accounting. So to win the PQ Apprentice of the Year, Charlie, is to be commended Really well done. Fantastic. Yeah, but I, I just want to kind of add something, something that, that Ella said that, that kind of made me a little bit sad was where she said that um, she had a study buddy and um, she probably dragged him down a bit at, at, at times. Now, I, I, I taught Ella a few times and um, I, I, I saw kind of Ella in the centre quite a bit and taught there. And I, I would put Ella in probably my, my top 10 students in terms of the amount of commitment and hard work and diligence that she put into her studies. And I, I wouldn't ever say that she was second to anyone in terms of you know the amount of work that she put in. And as, as you know, Ben, even if you think someone knows all the answers, sometimes by asking someone a question and them explaining it to you, to, and them explaining it to you you're actually doing them a favour because sometimes it's only through helping to teach someone else that you actually really understand something yourself. So you know, if you are talking with someone and you think, oh, they're wasting all their time explaining stuff to me, they're actually cementing that knowledge in their minds and, and it's helping them probably as much as it helps you. So you know, for, for everyone, and it's something that I would, I would stress to anyone, apprentice, non-apprentice, if, if you are training to be an accountant and you're trying to pass those exams, you know, pairing up with someone else, whether it's virtual, whether it is face to face, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's someone that, you, you know, you only ever meet, you know, because you're, you're on a, a on a group online or something like that. Um, just sharing ideas and asking them questions and getting them to explain stuff. It, it helps both ways. So it, it really does help to cement knowledge. And you also mentioned Ian Ella. I know he's a regular listener to the podcast. He will be delighted to get a mention alongside all of the other fabulous tutors that I'm sure you, you've had over your, your studies. Well, we really are out of time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Ella. Good luck with the rest of your careers. Thank Please you. keep in contact with FI just because you've left myself, Dave, the tutors, the coaches, the customer services team, everybody at FI loves to hear what former students are doing. So keep coming back. 
something I would like to continue to do is invite our alumni back to speak to students because there is massive power in the messages that you guys can give to the next generation of students coming through. So really thank you for giving up your time this evening. I'm going to hand over to Dave to do the final wrap up for the podcast. Thank you for listening. Yeah, th thanks to all our guests. Uh, exactly as Ben says, I I'm, I'm really hoping that uh, I'm, ben and I are going to be here in five years' time, and you're all guests telling us about how you made it to financial director, how you're now signing audit reports, how you're running a firm, and how, how you're managing an entire shipping company. Okay, That, to me, would be absolutely amazing. And that, they're the stories that Ben and I love to hear is, is you know, as people qualify, when we come across people five, ten years down the line, and they've just had amazing careers. And that, that's that's the reason that Ben and I do this job. You know, that, that's that's what gets us out of bed every day. That, that's the things that, that you, you know, just really makes this worthwhile. So thank you so much. And your journeys have only just begun. Those of you that are listening on the podcast, though, thank you very, very much for taking the time to download. We really appreciate you listening wherever you are. If you could and you've got a chance, could you leave a review on whatever your podcast service is? Um, if you could leave comments, that would be absolutely brilliant. So I know Ben and I really enjoy reading any comments that people have got. And um, as you heard from Charlie, Charlie is a, um, a one-time PQ Award winner. Um, this this podcast has been involved in, um, in, in a nomination last year. We'd very much like that to happen again. So if you have got time and you feel it's appropriate it would be great if you could just put one of those nominations across to PQ magazine at some point but until next time stay safe everyone and we'll see you then